0: Hello, I am Dr. Rosina Vacari, your favorite empowerment expert coming to you with the February edition of the Healing Challenge. I am here with none other, my favorite co-host and yours too, Dr. Stephanie Singleton. All right, Stephanie, say hi to the people.
1: Hello, everyone. Hello. Good to see everybody. Thank you for joining.
0: All right. So what do we have going for the people? We are in the second month and we are ready to go. This is a doozy topic today. So what's in store for us?
1: Well, what's in store for us? We are gonna be talking about apologies. February is all about apologies. So everybody get your pen and paper. Enjoy If you have your book, You know, follow along with us in the book. That will absolutely be awesome. We want you to do that. And if you're not signed up for the Healing Challenge yet, Is you still have time, more than enough time? www.healingchallenge2022.com. So get over there and sign up, and let us have the best year ever. Okay, with healing. So. We just want to jump right into it. Again, I hope you all have your pens and pencils because this is always some good information Dr. Bakari is giving us. So let's start like at the top. Okay, Um, why are we talking about apologizing in a book on healing?
0: So (laughs) that's a good question, of course. Uh, One of the things that happens, I mean, we're we're talking about the topic of healing. And so when we all know that we have these things to heal from, we have a tendency to see ourselves as on the side of receiving harm. That's why we're healing. Somewhere along the way, we have received harm. For many of us, that harm was, was began in childhood, for example. And then because it began in childhood, we sort of um, accumulate more harms along the way. So it's easy for us to constantly be thinking about how we have been harmed, the ways we've been harmed in the world. The reason a chapter on apologizing is important on the healing journey is because being the victim of harm does not mean that we also are not sometimes perpetrators of some harm. But because we're constantly used to seeing ourselves as the victim of harm, someone left us, someone misused us, someone took advantage of us, uh, someone did not hold up their responsibility. Those things are pronounced now in our memories, embedded in our minds, in ways that oftentimes can, can prevent us from seeing the times that we actually also do harm especially for those of us who have have had these grandiose acts of violation done to us, the other piece is that we then become uh, desensitized, so to speak, to the smaller versions of harm. And so we believe that if we're not doing big harm to people, that we're doing no harm to people, especially harm that needs or requires an apology, so we forget that oftentimes people can, you can ruin, for example, relationships by way of death by a thousand cuts. You may never do any of those big things that in relationships like infidelity or, or violence. And so people, when, especially when they've had those experiences, people think that the only reason that people can be harmed is if you do something major. But in those high conflict relationships, for example, the way that people talk to each other can be over, especially over a long period of time, can be extremely harmful, extremely dangerous, uh, not only to the relationship, but to the person in the relationships for having to put up with that sort of negative talk, high negative energy over such a long period of time. So when we talk about apologizing, it could be by the way that, that we say things. It could be because you don't show up when you're supposed to show up. Now, that may not matter if you're talking about your girlfriend, but it matters if you're talking about your child and you've told them six times this in the last month that you were going to be somewhere and you weren't there, et cetera. So there are lots of ways that hurt can accumulate with us as the perpetrator of that harm. And so I want us to understand that no matter how much harm has been done to us, it does not excuse us from still having a responsibility to acknowledge when we have done harm to others.
1: So we're, so here we're not talking about, like you said, the big thing, we're talking about everyday grievances that we may not even acknowledge on, on a certain level. Right. And, and again, a lot of times when we've had those
0: big hurts and harms done to us, we ignore the little harms that are done to us and the little harms that we do. And so when we recognize that someone has been harmed by our words, by our actions, by our inactions, sometimes our lack of commitment, uh, we've said something that we shouldn't have said, we've done something that we should not have done, and it creates a wedge in that relationship, it it, um, minimizes or destroys the way that we are perceived by that person, yet we're, we're trying to have a relationship with them without accepting responsibility for the harm that we have caused.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really important point. Because again, like you said, sometimes we, we just think we owe the apology for the big thing. You know? mm-hmm. And yeah. like you said, we're killing people and killing our relationships uh, by a thousand cuts, you know, every day. So, you know, having I, I'm, having gone into that, um what exactly is an apology like yeah like what is it i think we all think we know what it is but what really what really is the goal of it
0: okay so i'm gonna read since i usually Uh, read at least a little passage. Anyway, I will read from the chapter one, Apology, February, page 22 of the healing challenge, or sorry, page 22 of the healing journey on the healing challenge Uh, on Apology. It says, we should apologize to give the other person what they deserve, an extension of our humanity, recognition that we could have behaved better and the commitment to do better next time. Being authentic and transparent is the key to quality relationships, not being right and mighty. A genuine apology should create space for redemption. The offender must offer space for the other person to heal their heart, which may require temporary or permanent time, space, and or distance. The offended party is free to choose Their response based on their needs, not those of the offender. So apology is about what we owe to ourselves and other people, that expression of humanity. It is not about what we get from the other person in return.
1: So... yeah that's really um yeah no that's that that's really heavy because you know some there's been instances where people apologize to somebody and they really automatically expect that apology to be accepted right um and I think you talk you I, I don't think you I know that you talk about this whole thing of contingency um uh um when apologizing so you know should we have any expectations when we apologize, you know, like um, being forgiven or apology being accepted or the relationship to be uh, restored? Um, should we have any of those expectations? So an apology
0: is, again, an expression of our humanity. As we transform and we're trying to become the best people we can be, the apology is about us living out in our own truth. And as we transform, hopefully we also come to understand that the goal is not to control other people's behavior, not even with an apology, right? Some, and, and we, we don't get to determine the depth of the harm to some people. We don't know what that meant to other people. We, it's not our job to figure out how hurt people get to be. That's so important because I've seen that so many times when people say, all I did was, or that was so long ago, that. But you don't get to decide how long other people hold on to hurt. That's not your job. Your job is to do your work and offer the apology. The the other person accepting the apology, that's their work that has little to do with you once that apology is offered. So just like we say oh forgiveness is not about you about the other person it's about you. Well we say that way too much. The apology is about you. So when on, when we're on this end the apology is about you creating a space but you cannot demand that someone walk into that space and forgive you. That's not what an apology is for. So if you're only apologizing because you're demanding Forgiveness, that's not an apology. That's manipulation. That's trying to get your way. That's trying to get someone else to relieve your guilt, right? That's not an apology. A pure apology does not require any specific action from the person that you granted the apology to. And I know that's hard for many people. That's hard.
1: Yeah, that's hard because then the apology, we're just saying, is about owning your stuff.
0: Yes. Not, not necessarily
1: stuff. so much about, well, not necessarily so much about the other person, although it is, but it really is about owning your behavior. Absolutely.
0: Right. It's about owning your behavior, not trying to manipulate someone else's behavior so that they can do the thing that you want them to do. And we see it all the time. People apologize, for example, when they get caught. That's usually when apologies come out, right? Someone get caught doing something, or someone uh, has to become has to threaten to leave or become angry, and then all of a sudden there's an apology. And those apologies are not the most authentic or transparent apologies, right? And so, before you apologize, it's important for you to clear up clean up your within yourself what that apology is for and where it's coming from and try to make sure that it's coming from the right place when it's not people see it they feel it it, and it and it won't do you any good or won't do you as much good as it as it should i'll say that
1: and you and you talk about that i think it's um page 24, yeah, it is. When you say be specific about the infraction and you talk about addressing your behavior as opposed to how you make the person feel. So I'm just just gonna read that little part. When you say be specific about the infraction, if you allow the person to tell the entire story, you know exactly how to apologize. I'm sorry, like quote, I'm sorry I didn't come to your dinner party unquote is more effective than I'm sorry I upset you. The former acknowledges your actions while the latter focuses on the person's response to your behavior. So the former is more effective. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Right. What we're trying to do is
0: get people to focus on get the person apologizing to focus on what their behavior is. That's what you're apologizing for. You're apologizing for your behavior, not for the person's feelings. So to say, I'm sorry, you're upset, has nothing to do with you. Like you're you're displacing that onto the other person and you're not responsible for that person's feelings. So you don't have to then decide if they should be upset, how long they can be upset, all that is irrelevant if you take responsibility only for your action and not their feeling right? So I'm sorry that I did not show up to your dinner party. That seemed to have upset you, right? But first, you got to take responsibility for the action so that they know that you know what you are, what, what the infraction was. That is super important. And so many apologies don't begin there. And here's why I think they don't begin there. It's because so many of us have grown up in households Or we work on jobs or we've been in other relationships where being wrong was a reason for execution almost. Like every time you were wrong, if you grew up in in spaces where being wrong always resulted in punishment, then it becomes really difficult to admit when you are wrong. And so, so many of us have grown up in those environments, right, um, where the slightest the slightest infraction meant punishment, whether it's time out or the strap or uh, verbal lashing or something. And really, not a whole lot of us have grown up in, in spaces. Not enough of us have grown up in spaces where it's been okay to make a mistake. It's been okay to admit when you have been misguided in your behavior or your reaction, or sometimes you have unintentionally created sadness or circumstances that people don't like. And we just haven't had a lot of experience with being forgiven, right? Having soft landings. And when we haven't had those experiences, it can feel real anxiety provoking to render an apology especially when you believe that that will be the same case here where you may not be uh, excused immediately. But that's beside the point. Getting to understand that you too have a right to heal those old wounds that prevent you from being your best in humanity is so important. We can't, We well, we can, but it doesn't help us when we are engaging in relationships whether it's with our children or our co-workers or our significant others, when we're engaging in relationships with people based on what our past has been in ways that haven't worked for us or that are now dysfunctional, we're holding on to those patterns in stubborn ways and continue, continue to have um, unwanted outcomes of those behaviors. So I get why it may be really difficult for people to say, I'm sorry. But it's such a necessary task um, if we're really going to learn how to connect with people.
1: Yeah, a, amen. Um, I just have one more question to ask. Mm-hmm. This time always just goes so quickly, Dr. Um, Do we always have to say the words, I apologize, or, I'm sorry, uh, when we are doing apology, is is on other words? Let me rephrase that. Is there a difference between being apologetic and being sorry?
0: There's definitely a difference between uh, being apologetic. Like you can be apologetic because you, for example, really didn't have enough money to uh, leave the tip that you wanted to. Right? And you're like, "Ooh, that was good service, but I do not have a twenty percent tip." I got to leave a 10% tip tonight. Right. And you might feel apologetic about that. And that may not be a situation where you're going to call the waiter or waitress over to explain what your budget is or that you don't have enough cash or like you, you may, you may feel really apologetic internally about that. Right. Whether or not it requires an apology depends on the situation. So, not everything that we feel apologetic about results in an in, in apology. Right, but when we give that in that um, authentic transformative apology, we should feel apologetic about what we're doing. We, if we're just giving that apology because we want someone's behavior to change, we want someone to do something that we want to do. That's not the authentic apology. So it's true we can be apologetic without an apology, but we shouldn't be given apologies without really being apologetic. That's why we go back to making sure that you can identify that you do identify that behavior to the person you're rendering the apology for, right? So uh, do you have to say, I'm sorry? Again, those are sweet words to hear that may only be second in difficulty to the two to the three words i love you right this sense of vulnerability that we don't like to live with is is a, our hearts living with the error of our humanity ways right this idea that if we show our vulnerability something that we are less powerful people is one of the biggest myths that we live with. And it gets us in so much trouble in relationships when we don't wanna say I'm sorry to, per- to someone that we're supposed to be having a relationship with. And, and if we have those relationships where we're a soft landing, then we have to trust one another when we error. And again, that goes for parents and children, that goes for significant others and spouses, that goes for friendships. Because when you say you're sorry, I'm sorry, that also comes with the assumption that your behavior is going to be a little bit different. Maybe not perfect. Maybe you'll still do some things that, that look like that, but you didn't intend to, but it's a recognition that one, Now I know that that behavior is unacceptable if I'm trying to make you happy. So one, it acknowledges that. A lot of people don't want to do that because so many relationships are based on this power struggle that people have. That's a whole nother issue. That's a, we have to fix some other things in relationship issues, right? And stuff, but in in, when you are in relationships with people should be spaces that allow for vulnerability and so to say i'm sorry is part of that vulnerability and then you get to try again now here's the thing if you are constantly in relationships where there is no redemption then that's a reason for you to take a look at how you are developing relationships but most relationships have room for redemption
1: -hmm. Oh man, that's I had to ask that question about. (laughs) Uh, do you have to hear the word sorry or, or uh, i apologize and I, because I just thought about you know my mother with that you know them old school some of these old school uh folks who are like you know well you know it's very authoritarian you know so it's like I'm the parent and you're the kid and I did the best I could and I don't owe you any type of explanation mm-hmm. or anything like that and it wasn't until like and she was never going to admit. Right, that she was wrong about anything. Okay, her whole thing, hey, I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing this. Y'all got clothes, y'all got food, blah, 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 you know. And I remember like a week before she died, you know, she was really introspective. And, you know, she said to me, she didn't say, I was, I'm sorry. And she didn't say, I apologize. But she said, you know, I thought I was doing the best by you and I was wrong. And I really, because all those years I wanted to hear, well, I'm sorry, I messed up. But, but for me to hear her say I was wrong, I knew how much that took out of her, how much that was for her to say I was wrong, you know? And so sometimes I I, I just had to say that because, you know, I always wanted to hear those words. Like you said, it's almost like I love you. Like, I'm sorry. I apologize. But just for her to acknowledge right some of her behavior and the impact that it had on us it was like wow that was huge and it was able to really bring closure uh, for me and, and 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 um a lot of us um when she did pass the next week because it was wow. just like okay yeah
0: here's the, here's a little the slight difference first of all let me say thanks for hearing that and I'm glad that you got that moment and you're right. Uh, us on the receiving end have uh, certainly been in situations where we take what we get. Uh, that's a people say that's the closest you're going to get to an apology. Well, that's the closest you're going to get to an "I love you," right? And we settle for that because these are people that we care about, and we accept them uh, unconditionally, or under at least under those conditions, we are we're still loving uh, because that's our due diligence and our willingness to be connected to those people. But when we say, I know I was wrong, here's the thing. A lot of people, I there's there's a lot of things I know I'm wrong about, but I'm not apologetic about. I don't feel sorry about. Like sometimes I'm like, eh, I know I was kind of, I know I was wrong about that. That's, I made that decision for a survival purpose. I made that decision because I really didn't care about the, the action toward that person. I really, so there are things, there are times in my life where I've been wrong. I can acknowledge, yeah, that was wrong. Do I care about it? No, I don't care. It's wrong when I drive too fast. I'm not talking about these big infractions. Again, I'm talking about these everyday infractions. And so uh, I'm wrong when I drive too fast. I'm wrong when I do this. I'm wrong when I, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm sorry. It doesn't acknowledge, the. it doesn't express my care for you in the process. When I say I was wrong and I'm sorry, it's that acknowledgement that I wish I had behaved differently toward you, It acknowledges that. And so that's why it doesn't feel quite the same when someone says I was wrong, because I wanna know that not only were you, do you acknowledge that you were wrong, but that you acknowledge that in being wrong, it created some distance in our relationship, that it, it affected the way that we got to be with one another and that that was sorrowful to you, right? Not just that you were wrong. I don't need you to tell me you were wrong because you knew you were wrong and you know that I know you wrong. So that's just, that's not news. We both knew that a long time ago, right? So that's an announcement, right? <laughs> right. What I need to know is that you are sorry for being wrong. You're, is that you're sorry for your mm-hmm. wrongdoings, and So that's a big difference. I have, I, you shared that about your mother. I'll share a story that I have about my daughter. Um, when I was taking her away from home permanently, like she had finished college, she was moving out, we were on this road trip. And uh and so she was quiet. And and so I was like, hey, like talk to me. And I was like all cheery and everything, like, talk to me, we're going, like, look at me being a good mommy, driving my daughter away from home, blah blah blah. And so um, I don't know what it was, right? Uh, but I struck a chord with her and she let me have it. And this was like out of the blue, talk about being slapped in the face, and she basically said uh like i don't understand why you have these expectations that we're able to have these deep intimate conversations cuz that's not who you've been in my life as your mother who the stab like the stab right and so, and she said, and, and she was really because, you know, this is what happens when you raise brilliant children, <laughs> it comes back to bite you in the butt sometimes. And she was like, no, like you own this, like you're a great mom. Like you're this great mom. I know that you're there. I know that, that, that I can depend on you, blah, 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 blah. But like you, and I think what she was, what I interpreted from what she was saying is that my life with you have, have, have been quite task oriented. Right. Like is we didn't it's like we we have a lot of intimate moments. Like you're taking me here, you're taking me there, you're doing all the right motherly things. But that did not create this relationship of intimacy between us. Right. Girl, the the tears just rolled down my face, just rolled down my face. I had never like this was the last thing in, in the world I ever expected my daughter to convey to me. Right. And so, and, uh, and, and she was mostly calm about it, but not always, you know, she had that little attitude too, right? And so, so I'm like, okay, keep calm, like, keep calm, don't crash the car, right? And so, um, and so, so I started crying. And she said, she said, this is why I didn't want to say this to you, because I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm just trying to give you information that you probably don't have about the way you and I exist together. So I could have. I could have went the, I'm your mama, I bought you in this world and I can take you out and don't you ever Like Some parents would have said that, right? Um, I could have said the, oh, well, I did the best I could. You had better than I did. Some parents would have said that, right? There's a lot of reasons um, why I could have uh, reacted differently. I didn't react at all. I immediately said, I'm sorry. I kept driving. When I got home to my in the space back home to my own home in the space, the first thing I did was I sat down and I wrote her a poem, because that's my expression of love. I wrote her a poem and a whole and a whole poem was a poem of apology. Like, oh, okay, I get it. It was like, I get it. This is this is the way I was behaving. This is the way I parented. This is the way I and it was the whole poem wasn't was was an apology with a commitment to do something different with the next 20 years, right? And how I was going to work on doing that. Uh, I sent her the poem. We never talked about it. She and I never talked about it. We just let it unfold. I never said, oh, did I do okay? Oh, did you forgive me? Like, I just wrote it out and I sent it to her. She and I have one of the closest relationships that I could imagine right now. I'm sure there's still a lot of things she doesn't tell me and stuff, but... But we're close now. Had I went the route of trying to explain to her how great of a mother I'd been, right, like I was in my own mind, it would have been a whole different way. But my willingness to lean into the vulnerability and hear what she was saying, and then later let her know that I heard what she was saying, really made our relationship grow to a deeper level. And I knew that was the case when she made me go to a Drake concert with her i like, mm, okay, here we are. She was, cause she was like, you know, she was like, oh, I have two tickets to a great concert and I don't want anybody else to go with me. I want you to go with me. Wow. Right. So yeah, it was a, and it was an overnight trip in LA that she had won with, um, from her job and stuff. And so we had uh, booth seats and all that stuff. And she was like, yeah, I want you to go. Like, you're my best friend, I want you to go. And so I was like, and so it, right, it pays off. This was like five years later, right? But it pays off. But leaning into that vulnerability is what makes those connections. Mm -hmm. And so when you get to these, these junctions where things aren't working right, you have to decide, Like, do I want to win or do I want to connect? Because sometimes winning creates disconnects. I have an opportunity. I can respond to win or I can respond to connect. So those are sometimes the choices we have to make.
1: Wow, Dr. McCart, thank you for sharing that. And wow, this has just been... This has just been a really deep conversation on apology. I mean, wow, thank you so much. And thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Everybody, I mean, this is still just a taste of what happens during Healing Challenge 2022. Please get on it. Go to the website, www.healingchallenge2022.com. Get on Dr. Bokari's website, rosinnabocari.com. R O S E N N A B A K A R I dot com, and just come and get some more healing nuggets. Again, thank you so much, Doctor Bakari. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Shout out to you all. Thank you so much.
0: It's all good. Can't wait to see you in March. We got good things coming. So oh, yeah. thank you, thank you, Doctor Singleton. Always great to to um, have this platform with you.
1: Eh, St. Pierre.